Hey friends, welcome to the Planet Podcast, aligning you in your mindset, nutrition, and wellness. I'm your host, Melanie Barrett, a holistic nutritionist, life, and health coach that is obsessed with helping women to confidently believe and trust in themselves to create positive change in all avenues of life. When it comes to feeling overwhelmed, being crippled by anxiety, paralyzed by what foods to eat, and how the hell to live a balanced, healthy life, I've been through it all and know that struggle personally. This is why I've dedicated my life to helping others just like you to make this world a better place, one mindset shift at a time. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Plant Ahead podcast. I am so excited and honored for today's guest, my lovely friend, Rachel, and she's also my energy healer, and I've actually also been her practitioner as well. So we've had a really awesome relationship together, and I'm so honored that we've finally been able to sync up and chit-chat and be on the show. So thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. We're finally doing this. We've been talking about it for a long time. So I'm just, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here in this sacred space with you. Yay. I'm very, very happy that we've been able to connect. So I just want to let you guys know a little bit about Rachel. So Rachel Caprice Krylov is an intuitive energy healer that combines many modalities, including energy healing, intuitive guidance, psychology, self-development, and holistic health. Rachel is an Asui Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, energy mastery practitioner, crystal healer, and spiritual life coach with almost a decade of professional practice and training combined. She has a specialty in conscious conception and works with families from conception, pregnancy, labor, into postpartum and parenthood. Yeah, I do it all. (laughs) You sure do. (laughs) I'll tell you what, guys, Rachel is seriously the real deal. She is the best healer. So I am so honored to have you here. Thank you. So for today, we've been, it's fun because we've been thinking about this for so long and how much we wanted to connect. And finally, here we are talking and we're always trying to think, what are we going to talk about? What would be awesome? And the one common thought that came across for both of us is that you know, how much becoming a mother cracks you wide, wide the fuck open. It's crazy. And we've, it's so awesome too, how we've been able to connect so deeply with our stories and our journeys and how we've had such similar journeys, but yet different themes. So it's just been very cool to find somebody to connect with. that's really gone through a lot too, and to really be able to share our stories. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, Melly and I, we, we always talk about this because we do have really similar, um, similar themes, you know, we all have like different stories that we go through, but same themes. And I think that's what connects us. And that's how we really unite. And, you know, we find our, our soul family, you know, our soul tribe. And what I have found through motherhood is that, you know, so many of us have the same experiences, right? We've gone through the same thing. It's cracked us open and um, it's been painful and brutal at times, yet nobody talks about it because they don't want to feel, you know, wrong for saying they've had a hard time, you know, right? Mm -hmm. We're just supposed to say, Oh, I love my baby so much that, you know, the motherhood is amazing, right? Like that's what people want to hear. Yeah. You know, like that's (laughs) what people want to hear. So (laughs) people are always surprised when I start talking about the hard stuff, you know, but there's Mm -hmm. the ones when I do who are like, yeah, 
Yeah, me too. You know, and I think that's the conversation that we really need to be having. Um, some others don't feel alone, you know? Absolutely. Cause I just feel like whew, the journey of becoming a mother is just something else. And it's fascinating too, because in, in your, your mind's eye and in your head, it's going to be all perfect. Everything's going to work out well. You're going to be glowing and perfect through pregnancy and all the things. Yeah. Oh, you know, we all make our labor plan, right? And how we want yeah. it to all go down. Does it ever go that way? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh man, mine couldn't have been farthest from the truth. So I was going to be at a birthing center, of course, and have this natural, ecstatic, amazing <laughs> birth that I had been preparing for and meditating on. And I ended up having a 58-hour labor um, transferring from the birthing center to the hospital, being in the hospital for, um, I was in there for seven days straight, two in labor, five, you know, postpartum. I mean, I thought I'd be going to the birthing center and then I'd go home, you know, eight hours later. I told my family, don't even come here, you know, like, which they were offended by, of course. But I was like, you don't even need to go to the birthing center. Like, I'm just going to bond with baby and then we're going to be home really shortly after and you can come there. And then, you know, the universe was like, nope, not going to happen. Isn't that so crazy? And then, you know, beyond that, you go home with baby and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to do this and this. And then the sleep deprivation sets in and then you're just ready to, I don't even know. It's so hard. Well, and that's what I think is crazy is like, I spent so much time preparing for like, I read all about pregnancy, right? And then I prepared for like, I spent so much time preparing for labor But then like, you know, I mean, you take like a newborn class, right? But like, there's not really much that you really, like, you're so focused, I think on the labor and the pregnancy that like, you have no idea what the hell you're doing when you get home. And it's kind of like, how are these people sending us home with this child? And like, we don't know what to do. Like, I'm not qualified for this. But before having that baby, I thought I was. You know, I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be so easy. Oh, I'll just, you know, I'm going to breastfeed, but I'll also give him a bottle and I'll leave him at my mom's for the weekend. We'll still be going to concerts and, you know, living our life. (laughs) And little did I know, not only did that not happen, but I didn't want that to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't want anybody to have my baby. I wanted to hold him close to me and do all the things. And I was willing to risk everything and, you know, sleep deprived and all the things. And so it's just interesting how, um, you really have no idea, you know, you just don't know. None. And I always wish and think about how I wish I could write a manual on what it's like to become a mom, but everybody's story and situation is so unique. And I feel that we need to really talk about it and we really Mm -hmm. need to normalize the process and really put it out there that it's really fucking hard to be so fucking hard (laughs) to be a mother, like next level. I had an idea in my head and all the things and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so hard. And I mean, especially for you and I and what we're going through with our kids right now. And I mean, I talked about it a couple episodes ago with my journey with Elliot and what we've been doing. And I mean, both you and I are dealing with some sensory processing stuff with our, our little guys. And it's, you know, you think your kid's going to be perfect, right. And normal. And there is no normal. And it's just really learning that there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be things that are going to happen continuously. And it's just learning to really accept those things and process them and move through them, not only for yourself, but for your child. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the funny part about motherhood too, is you just like, I don't know about you, but (laughs) 
man, I mean, I was deep in postpartum depression, anxiety. So everybody told me that, you know, you just got to get past the first year. Everything gets better after the first year. So it's like, I was waiting right for that first year. And then you get to the past the first year and like, yeah, it is better. But then it's like, I've got, you know, <laughs> my little man is wild. Right. And I love him to death. He's amazing. And he's so gifted and smart, but he is, he's wild and he's hard. And, uh, so then everyone says, you know, it's going to get better after four. Well, now he just turned four and here we are, you know, and it's still right. We have new challenges, you know? And so mm -hmm. that's the interesting thing about motherhood is like, it's just, you're, it's these different seasons. And so you're always like, you're waiting yeah. for the next season, but then you got to figure out that challenge, you know? Absolutely. And, and I think the only way to do it is really, you got to connect with other mothers, you know, like the ones who've done it before, the ones who have been through it. So, you know, like you sit in solidarity that you're not alone because mm -hmm. it could be the most lonely job in the world to be a mother. When it comes to just the whole postpartum process too, exactly what you said. Everybody's like, oh yeah, it's only going to like take this long and then this is going to happen and then it gets better. But exactly what you said, every, every season, every time something comes up, it changes. And it's constantly like, oh, you think you have it figured out? All of a sudden, bam, here's a whole new set of things that are going to change. It's like, oh, now you're sleeping through the night. Oh, wait, now you're potty training. Now, you know, it's completely different. So like everything's always, there's something always happening. And just when you think it gets easier, here's a whole new set of crap to deal with. It's beautiful, but it's, it's hard. It's trying. And it's about really finding that right support and having just feeling held, you know, because it's rough. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we were talking and preparing for this, uh, this podcast today, I was thinking, and one of the biggest things about my heart being cracked open when I had my child was that I had to learn to ask for help. I mm -hmm. learned from a young age, um, I had to take care of myself. I didn't have the easiest childhood. You know, I had a lot of trauma and I had to be really self-resourcing and I had to take care of myself. And I became really good at that, you know, just doing mm -hmm. all the things right and thinking that I was okay. And I really struggled to ask for help. It felt wrong to ask for help. And I have learned through my healing journey of becoming a mother, the importance of being able to say, hey, I need help hey, I'm struggling. Like, I'm not okay. I need help. I need support. I need advice. You know, I need somebody to hold my baby so I can go sleep or go take a shower, you know? And, um, and I think that as women, we are so used to doing all the things, mm -hmm. you know, and then we become a mother and we think that we have to do it all by ourselves. Like we think that we're like, you know, we're going to get the best mother award if we do it all on our own, right? Yep. Like we're, you know, yep. these overachievers and like, I don't need any help. Right. And I think that's an old generational thing that's been passed down. And like, we're, we're really breaking that cycle by coming back into unity, you know, into the yeah. sacred sisterhood, the sacred motherhood together. And it's so important. Absolutely. Cause even when we think about the the postpartum journey and I remember for me, my postpartum depression and all of that didn't start to a year postpartum. So after Elliot's first birthday is when I really started to crumble. And I mean, next level, like falling apart, I was having the hardest time of my life. And I remember trying to keep it to myself and trying to be strong and trying to do all the things. And I just remember cracking one day and just reaching that rock bottom where I was like, I need help. I need, 
I can't do this. And that's, you know, where I pulled my head out of my butt and really started making significant, really holistic, positive changes. But I needed to reach that point, but I needed to reach out for help. And that was the biggest thing I had. That's when I honestly realized I couldn't do this alone. Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that, you know, I, um, I was driving, I lived in BK, which is out in the hill country. So it was horrible. I had just moved to Austin, um, you know, moved back here. I didn't know anybody. My family was in the city. It was a 45 minute drive. My kid hated the car. He would turn blue as soon as we'd get in, he'd start crying. And so I was isolated. It was winter. You know, I didn't know anybody. I was too scared to go outside. I didn't want him to get sick. Right. You know, all the things. And, um, so I would have to suck it up and drive that 45 minute drive into town to go to a postpartum group. Um, and I was so anxious driving sometimes that, you know, I'd have to pull over several times, right. To pull them out, nurse them, whatever, you know, comfort mm-hmm. them, put them back in and just be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Gonna make it the next, you know, 15 minutes before <laughs> I pull over again. Cause I don't know if he's, you know, is he going to survive back there? Um, but so I went to this postpartum group that was super helpful where I could really process and see that I wasn't alone. And I was so surprised when I met a woman who her postpartum didn't start until after a year, you know, and I didn't even know that could, that was a thing, right? You don't, there's all these things that you don't even know until you go through this process and because nobody's talking about it and nobody's preparing you. And that's something that has been so important in my healing practice is that, you know, I have learned through this journey of myself is that, man, we need more support um, while pregnant, even before pregnancy, you know, this whole conscious conception process, but like, if, if we could, if I could have been more supported when I was pregnant, um, a lot of those fears that I had, a lot of what I was going through postpartum, I think really could have been, you know, mended or healed, or at least, you know, scaled down a lot. Um, but it's like all of a sudden, like we wait where like, there's all the groups, like after you have the baby, but now you're sleep deprived, you got to figure out how do you get to the group, you know? And then it's like, you know, you're trying to get there and then the baby poops everywhere or whatever, you know? And you just Mm -hmm. like, it's so hard to even get to, to, to the help. So you, you want to get help, but how do you get there? you know, cause you're, Absolutely. you're just so overwhelmed. And so I think like we're, we're missing such a huge piece of this, um, of starting from the beginning, you know, we're, we're yeah. waiting too late. It, yes. It's too late, you know? Absolutely. That's so powerful to share and say is a lot of times we don't think about the trimester before we even get pregnant, getting our bodies Mm -hmm. ready. A lot of times just like, I want to get pregnant. And we are so stressed out and overwhelmed trying to get pregnant and get everything to work out the exact date and have the baby. I I want this time of year. And I want it to be like this. And I want it to be this sex and all the different things. And yet Mm -hmm. we're losing the picture of like all the stress we're putting on ourselves instead of really nurturing our body and getting ourselves ready mentally, physically, and spiritually. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's so much of my work. And, you know, so <laughs> the reason I became a healer was because of uh, trauma, really. I, I got really sick in high school um, after I think just all the trauma kind of came to a head. And so that's where my health issues started and it's been a journey. But what happened was that led me, um, you know, I was in and out of doctors and you know all the Western medicine, which wasn't working and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. So it led me into the alternative side of things, which I was always naturally very holistic anyways. Um, but 
I, that's how I found a healer. And it was so interesting. You know, I was like 19 years old. I just moved to LA and, you know, she told me you're an empath. You're carrying all this weight, you know, not only for you, but like for your family, you know, we just started really diving into, to the healing side of things. And I started getting better, but from my first session with her. So this was, she became my teacher later and my mentor um, for many years. She's retired now. Sophia Hansen, one of the most, the most gifted uh, healers I have ever met on this planet. Um, From the first session, she said, one day you're going to be a healer and you're going to work with fertility. And I thought that was absolutely (laughs) insane. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I just moved to LA. I was young. I was in design school. I was like, I'm going to be a designer. I'm not going to be a healer. What are you talking about? And, um, and I mean, for every time I'd see her, it'd be months in between. It could be six months and she wouldn't even remember because she would channel. So like, she didn't know what she'd told me. And she would say, you're going to work with fertility. And I thought that was so weird. And then fast forward, you know, many years later, and I, I learned, I started with learning Reiki from her. And sure enough, I started working on women and I could sense, you know, I could pick Mm -hmm. up on their womb and fertility, you know, and and all of that. And so that's what really led me down this conscious conception journey, because as I started diving into that, I knew um, I was always very maternal and I wanted to have a baby and I, you know, I knew that and I knew I had a lot of trauma in my womb. So I started going to Sophia about three years before I I did get pregnant. I started really doing the work and I was like, I want to heal what's in my womb. I want to heal in my, what's in my body, what I'm carrying, because I don't want to pass this on to my child. I want to break Mm -hmm. this cycle, right? I had seen the cycles that had been passed down generation to generation in my family And I was like, screw that. I'm done. Like, I'm going to, I'm, you know, like usually like those of us who are the different ones, right. We're, you know, we might be called the black sheep of the family. I like to call us the psychedelic sheeps of the family. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I am. Right. Like we're we're doing things differently, you know? And so I, so I started working with Sophia and, you know, healing and really just focusing on healing my body. So I wasn't passing that on to my children. Um, and I think that it's so important because we don't realize like what we're carrying, you know? And so most people Mm -hmm. just live in their life and then they get pregnant and then they have the baby, but they keep doing, we, we keep repeating the same things that, you know, our, parents did and our grandparents and all of that. And that's where generational trauma, you know, gets passed down. And so, um, you know, and some people are fortunate, maybe they don't have so much, but unfortunately from what I see in my practice, I think most of the world does, you know, and, and so we have to be more conscious and the earth we are ascending, we're shifting, we're, we see it everywhere, right? That's where people are waking up to being more mindful about what they put in their body, how they treat Mm -hmm. their body, how they treat their mind, right? Being more spiritual of that. It's like, we have to be more conscious. And that's the beauty of, I think being a conscious being is that then you get to, um, you get to do things different for your children, you know, and that's really like what conscious conception is that can, it can, we can talk about it on many different levels, but really it's being conscious about how are you going to break that cycle? How are you going to change things? You look at yourself, you know, you go inward. What is it in me? What is it in my husband that we want to shift, you know, that we Mm -hmm. want to change, you know, and, and, and then you, 
you know, it's just a journey, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's an, an ever evolving journey. It doesn't, it's not just like a one-time deal as I've learned. I yeah, thought it right? would be, <laughs> you know, no, there's just this one thing I'm going to fix and then it's all better. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like the layers of the onion. It just keeps unpacking right? and you just keep peeling away and you're like, shit, <laughs> why did I sign up for this? Maybe right? I shouldn't be so conscious. <laughs> right? Isn't that funny? As you start, you're like, oh yeah, like I got this. And you're like, there's no going back. <laughs> You're like, Shit. there is no going back. That is for sure. <laughs> but definitely when it comes to, you know, passing things down from generations and those stories that we tell ourselves that are not really ours for our listeners, can you kind of give an example of what that actually looks like so they can kind of understand what you mean? Yeah. So, um, okay. So what I'm going to talk about, cause this is really important to me is, um, you know, the way I was raised was, uh, you just let babies cry right? You, you feed them, you, you know, make sure their diapers clean and then they're fine, you know, lay them down, you do your thing, you just let them cry. So when I had my son, I had really, um, you know, being very conscious, I had read a lot about attachment parenting and conscious parenting. And so, you know, I learned about nursing on demand and, and knowing that a baby needs comfort more than, you know, just, just the physical. Right. And so what was so hard for me was that here I was with my newborn and, you know, my family kept telling me you're nursing him too much. You're holding him too much, put him down, you know, just let him cry. It's okay. And it was so debilitating to me to hear that because what happened was it triggered that wound in me. It triggered that little Rachel who was left to cry, who was left alone. Right. Um, and so I have learned a lot of it, you know, like that trauma starts from, from when we're even in the womb, you know, from what the mother's holding, but then when we're born and, and how you are taking care of, you know, that baby and nourishing the baby and every mama has to find, you know, every family, every dad, every, everybody has to find what works for them. But this is what was important to me because that's, I think where my wound was. Right. And it was like, I could feel all that I was holding and that I had this sensitive little boy. My son is so high need. He is your typical, if you read Dr. Sears, high need baby, like I could, you could read the whole book and check it all off. Like that was my kid. And you know, if I felt in my heart that he needed to be parented differently, you know, because if I could parent him differently and nurture him, he was going to grow up to be a strong, secure adult. Right. Mm -hmm. I had learned a lot about how the brain works and the wiring that happens when you just let your baby cry all the time, they actually go into fight or flight and eventually they do stop crying. But that's actually what happens in nature because, you know, back in the day when we were like cave people, right. Or tribal, you couldn't just let a baby cry out in the wild because an animal is going to come eat them, you Mm -hmm. know? And so the thing is, we are still wired that way. Even though we live in a modern society, our wiring is still very much the same. Right. And so what happens is their nervous system shuts down and they just, they get quiet, but really it's an internal process of fear. And so it was really interesting for me to just learn these things and get educated on a different perspective, you know, and do things Mm -hmm. differently. And so it was so hard for me when, um, 
my family just kept pushing, right? And they didn't understand me. And that was a big part of my postpartum depression too, is like the isolation and being so misunderstood. And it, if it wasn't for these amazing support groups that I had that did know this new research, right? And did know like, hey, you're doing, uh, you're doing it okay. Like it's, this is, if this is what you feel is right for you, then keep doing that, you know? And so I, for me, like that, it has been a big part of my, um, breaking the cycle is raising my son differently because I am highly sensitive. That's why I do what I do. Right. I'm the mm -hmm. empathic one. I'm the intuitive one. I've always been different. And so I had a hard childhood because I wasn't, I was raised by people who weren't so sensitive and we're just used to doing right. What the generations before did, which was pretty yep. rigid, right? Rough and rigid. And you know, you yep. just, <laughs> right. You shut up, you close your mouth, you know, don't speak, don't say anything. You know, you go to your room, you get spanked, right? No one would listen to me. And so yep. I really like, I've always made a conscious effort with my son to, since he was a baby, I talked to him about everything. When I was crying and those tears were running down my face, I would tell him mama's having a hard time. I would tell him because your baby understands like that's the mm -hmm. thing on a, on a soul level. They're so conscious. And that's, I think that's the difference is that people look at kids, babies and kids. They think, Oh, well, they're just a kid. They're just a baby. They don't get it, but they get it. They're so much more mm -hmm. aware than even we are. And so yeah. that to me, like that was the biggest part for me of really starting to break the cycle was to see my son as a soul to see yes. him as a human being, not a baby, not a child. And what's crazy is that I see him now and he's four years old and he is the most articulate kid I have ever met. People comment on it. It's like, he's articulate, he's aware. And you know, it's like, yeah, because I always explain things to him. I always like, I, I talk to him about it. Like I treat him like a human, not just like this little kid, you know, we talk about his emotions, you know? And so, um, I think for me, it's like, that's probably one of the biggest things I have been doing in breaking the cycle is really, being very conscious about how I raise my sensitive little boy, especially being a boy, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, boys weren't raised that way, you yeah. know? Totally. And I can relate to so much of that. And this goes back to even a lot of our, our similar themes and stories for both of us growing up. And I mean, for me too, I was told, be quiet, shut up. I would get hit all the time and yelled at. I went through so much trauma and things as well. So for me, when I... I knew I always wanted to be a mom. And when I told myself, I'm like, all right, Oliver, I think we're ready. Let's, let's, let's do this. And I told him from day one, I said, I want my kid to be raised. Nothing, nothing like I was raised. I want to raise this kid with so much love and compassion. I want to do conscious parenting. I want to hold him. And I am like tearing up saying it. And I want to be here for him and just love him on a level that I never got. I want to, I was never taught to feel feelings. I didn't know what they were. I shoved them all in. And hence why you got to do the work is what you carry in and those feelings that you don't process gets passed to your baby. So like doing mm -hmm. the work before to release it, kind of what you're talking about, you know, I didn't do that as much. So I kind of see now how I'm almost making up for really working with my highly sensitive little guy too, and being there and trying to support him and tell him, mommy is crying because of this. Like, are you feeling, you know, frustrated right now? And we talk about mm -hmm. his feelings when things come up and I really try to understand him. And like when he's crying in the middle of the night, I mean, Oliver slept in bed with him last night in his tiny little bed. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he was yeah. just having a hard time and he didn't want to be alone. And you know what? Yeah. 
we're going to do that. And we're going to go that extra mile for him is I don't want to leave him there. Cause I can, I can just feel how sad he is. And that's the thing about being a parent these days is that exactly. Yes. We're still wired like our ancestors were many, 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 many moons ago, but at the same time, our bodies are still feeling the same. We still go into fight or flight mode and our little ones still feel that. And I really want to support, support them on that next level that, mm-hmm. you know, they're not used to. And I just really want to raise him to be a mindful, aware, loving little booger. So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, yes, as a, as humanity has evolved, you know, we've evolved and we live in this amazing modern world, but you got to look at too, well, how healthy are we, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. as we have become modern, um, we have the biggest population, especially in the West of those on anxiety and depression medication, right. On top Mm -hmm. of all the other health issues. But so we have to look at, okay, well, how is it just living in this busy world where it's just like, go, go, go. And we treat our kids like that. They're an inconvenience, right? If you're just this busy, busy, oh, well, you know, just leave them to cry. Let them go into your room. Right. It's an, it's hard. Like it is hard to be a conscious parent, like, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's exhausting because it is, it's, it is so much easier to just ignore it. And, and so I think that's what's happened. And I think this is where we're finally hitting ahead in our society and our humanity is that, okay, yeah, we have evolved, but whoa, how do we, how do we go backwards a little bit to where we first started of coming together, of slowing down? How do we make the two come together so we can really take care of ourselves so we can keep evolving and modernize, but we can take better care of ourselves because somewhere along the way we turned into robots, you know, we lost ourselves. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I think about everything as a whole and it's just about creating that balance as, as being a mom and really going back to, you know, the roots of being more present. I mean, we live in the age of technology and it's made, it's given us such great benefits to raising children. I mean, we can go online and we can Google things. You can do telehealth. Like there's just so many options today, which is so powerful and beautiful, but I mean, the studies you can, the research you can learn and just educating yourself and gaining that knowledge is amazing. But at the same time, there's just so much available. It's information overload that we are becoming, our minds are becoming so full and we're becoming so much less mindful and presently aware. And I feel like that's one of the biggest gifts that 2020 has really taught me is that I was like, wow, I am going nonstop. And I was like, as much as I thought, yes, I'm learning. Yes, I'm educating. I'm trying to help my son and stuff, but am I slowing down enough to really integrate and be present? Yeah. And are you going inward? And this is where I have struggled. Um, this was a huge part of my postpartum anxiety. You know, I had all this trauma in the hospital, you know, birth trauma. And so I came out, I mean, I was wired. Like I just, you know, was running on adrenaline. I couldn't even sleep. And so, and I was struggling with breastfeeding all the things. And so I was Googling all the time, right. And trying to read all the things. And here I am sleep deprived. I'm trying to pull out the books and do all this stuff. And I got so caught up in trying to be the perfect parent, be the perfect mom, do it all right, do it what the science says and what, you know, the educators say and all this stuff. But I forgot to go inward. It was really interesting. I'm, I'm one of the most intuitive people I know. And 
when I was so debilitated like that, the problem was I wasn't going inward. I wasn't yes. asking myself because we had like mother's intuition. That is real. Yes, you know? it is. And, yes. and how did, how did we figure it out back in the day? Like, you know, we, nobody ever had all this technology. So one, I think mothers are really struggling now more than ever because we have to make way too many decisions. You know, we know way too much. There's way too much diversity and, you know, all of this. And, um, but what we're missing is, we're not being self-resourcing. We're not going inward to just ask, Hey, what, what does my baby really need? What do I really need? Cause I know, you know, yeah. I know my kid best. And I think the most empowering things that happened for me was when I was struggling with something with my son and I was trying to get help, you know, and some, the expert, whatever would tell me something. And I was like, Nope, that's not it. Like I just knew I, you know, and I would tell them, no, this is happening. And they're like, no, 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 no. And, you know, like, for example, so um, my son started pre-teething at two months. I can tell you, he started pre-teething at two months. Everyone told me it was crazy. They said, no, you know, you're just a first time mom. You don't know anything. Like babies don't pre-teeth that early. Right. And like he, I could tell it was, it was teeth. And um, so it started at about two months, about four months. It really, you know, it, again, I, I saw the signs and everyone's like, no, you know, probably not. Well, at six months, he popped eight teeth out from oh my six God. months to eight <laughs> months. In two months, he popped eight teeth out. So you know what? I'm pretty not sure <laughs> I never slept. That's the thing. Like I knew and, you know, and so I went back and like, yeah, to all those people, the doctors, the doulas, everyone who told me that my kid wasn't pre-teething at two months, I was right. And I just knew it in my gut, you yeah. know, I knew it. And so it has been an interesting journey. And I have many stories like that, right? We all do, but it's been so interesting when we can just know, like, no, that doesn't feel like my kid or, you know, yeah, that is my kid, but it's like, it's that we're trusting that internal guidance. Cause you know, your kid better than anybody else, you know? Absolutely. And it's really wild to wrap my head around all of it. When I think about being really intuitive with yourself and really going inward and a lot of times we'll spend how much time trying to go on the internet and try to find reasons why your kid, my kid is doing da, 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 like in Google, why mm -hmm. is my kid doing this? And instead of just, we always want to go externally to, yep. for validation and reasoning and figuring things out. Instead, we have, we're intuitive beings. We just really have to allow ourselves to be still and tap into that and really go into ourselves and really use discernment and ask and figure out how am I feeling? What's going on right now? What does my kid need? And really like think about it because we know we have the answers. It's just we've been so taught by society to go externally, especially in the age of technology, instead of really stepping inside ourselves to really listen. Absolutely. And this is something that just popped in too is like, you know, yeah, sometimes we do need to go external, right? And so when you do, um, having a connection with whatever your, you know, higher power, higher source, your spirit guides, right? You know, like whatever you, you know, people connect into of being, even if it's just your higher self, right? Just that energy, the universe, and just saying, like, just saying that little prayer, setting that intention, guide me, show me the way, because we all know when we have found that thing on the internet, we, we followed that mom who started talking about something that I was like, oh my God, that's it, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I've been looking for. We followed that group where we somehow found that website, you know, I, um, 
I figured out last year that I have a neuro issue with my eye, that my eye is, um, one of them is off. And so like, I have to wear special glasses and all this. And I was telling this to a new doctor and she goes, well, how did you figure that out? And I go, honestly, I was just guided to it somehow. Like, I don't know how it just fell into my lap, right? I found this website. I started reading the things and I'm like, whoa, this all is actually adding up, you know? So it's like, yeah, you can go externally, but but doing it not out of fear, because I think that's yes. what happens, is we're not trusting ourselves. And so it's like we lose all trust in ourselves and we're just like, oh my God, and we're just handing it over to everybody else. But so no, it's like putting it in conjunction with yourself of like, okay, yes, here's how I feel. Okay, I'm gonna ask for the guidance, I'm gonna ask for the help, and I'm gonna trust that then the right doctors, the right website, the right other mama, whoever, you know, is going to come into my life. And I think that's living soul guided. That's living consciously, you know, and that's how I have been very blessed when I'm in my power, when I'm in my intuition, everything else just starts to fall into place, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, from what you were saying, one thing that popped into me 100% is it's all about alignment. Yeah, it really is about, and I love how you explained everything too, is that it's really about getting yourself into a place where you feel good in your line. You know, you go internally, you ask yourself like, okay, how am I feeling? I, and you know, do a little meditation, kind of asking, connect with your higher self and just ask, like, show me the way, help me. And then as you set those intentions and you really tell the universe, I, this is where I want to go. This is what I need. Help me and show me the way. As you start to set the intentions and go into alignment, as you said, the right doctors come to you or the right person and the right connection Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. It's just a lot of times we end up blocking ourselves to not be able to get to that place, but really setting those intentions and getting yourself into alignment and being like, yo, this is what I'm looking for and what I want. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so important. And I think for me, um, my journey of motherhood has brought me more into my intuition than ever before. I was knocked Mm -hmm. out of it for a while, but once I got myself back and I got the help, um, you know, I rebirthed myself. Um, you know, I think that birth is the closest thing to death, right? Like you actually, so there's only your body produces DMT only two times when you're dying and when you're giving birth and so, and being born. So, um, it's really interesting that I think that like, there is a huge soul death, right? We, we mourn and we grieve this old self of ours and we shed that skin and it takes, you know, I mean, for me, it took a couple of years. I'm still shedding, you know, like it's phases, right? Like I'm still (laughs) being reborn, figuring this whole thing out. But you know, once you do that, it's like you, I don't know. I think me, for me, stepping into motherhood, like really made me step into my power. Um, it really, and for me, you know, I've struggled with living here on this planet for most of my life. Um, you know, I've, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, um, you know, like just really like earth is hard. Being a human is hard. And when I had my son, it was like, it gave me, um, it gave me hope. It gave me, it showed me the light. Like for the first time I wanted to be here. I wanted to be in my body. I wanted to really like, you know, just like, really changed myself for the better. I thought I was doing that before I had a baby, but then like once I did, you know, even when I, it's like, once I got pregnant, you know, like actually like it really started like those few months before when I really went deep into that conscious conception of like, okay, I am preparing. 
I started changing, you know, started mm-hmm. focusing, okay, what am I putting in my body? What am I putting on my body? Skincare, you know, all the things, right. You just start to, you shift your mindset. And so it's been this journey of, I think, just like not only shedding your skin and that old you and rebirthing yourself, but really like being so conscious about your choices because now you see this little light in front of you, you know, like your child shows you the way and they illuminate that path, I think, to be the best version of yourself without having to be perfect. And that's the number one rule is that there is no perfect parent. And um, (laughs) one of my old friends, Zadula, she used to say, what was her quote? She's like, I was the perfect parent before I had a child, <laughs> you know, That's beautiful. Like, right. Cause we all think we're going to be this perfect fucking parent. And then we realize, Oh my God, that's part of it. It's like, no, we're not. And then we're grieving that, you know, but so it's like, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be, just keep trying to be the best version of yourself. And that's going to show the way for your child, you know, and that, that breaks the cycle right there. It, that is so beautiful. And I'm so put together. Well, like round of applause to you. That was great. And <laughs> being, I just, man, being a mom and that moment that I found out I was pregnant, as I said, everything shifted, everything changed in me. I remember prior in that trimester before pregnancy, really being very consciously aware, like, what are the supplements I'm taking? What am I eating? What am I putting on my skin? And just trying to live as holistic as I could and natural as I could, as I'm realizing all the toxins and pesticides and all the different things that are out there. And those are things we don't really think about prior than once you become a mother, you just become so much more aware of yeah. all the things. And I mean, the world has changed. Our bodies have not, haven't been able to keep up with the, the different toxins and the stuff in the environment. So it's really about us being that consciously aware and really paying attention to what we're doing and taking care of ourselves and detoxing, drinking enough good quality water and just, feeling our best, not only for us, but for our little one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I am grateful for that because I really, I wasn't so conscious, you know, I mean, I kind of was like, I thought I was right. I bought organic stuff. I bought organic food and, you know, like I thought I was, I was doing all the energy work and I thought I was, but man, it blew my mind. Like once I really Mm -hmm. started learning to prepare for pregnancy, I had no idea you know, Mm -hmm. how much was really out there. And so it's so interesting when I look back at myself, um, I am so grateful to my child because he has just shown me that he has shaped me into who I am. Like I have just grown into this amazing woman who like, I'm proud of myself, you know, and that's, that's big to say. It's like, I've been through a lot and, um, I'm really proud of all the things that I've learned about myself and just about the world, because then, you know, like you and me, we get to go help other people do that too, you know, because we've learned the way. So it just, it becomes part of my medicine, right? This is just another tool in my medicine bag. Um, you know, and I think that's so important. It's crazy when I really look at everything is that for what I I personally do and for what you do is I feel I, I was, I went through everything that I did for a reason. I went through the trauma. I had the really weird childhood. I was raised, you know, very strict and very stern. And I went through all that pain because I was meant to make that change, make that change generationally to kind of stop it and cut that tie and to not let it happen anymore. I didn't want that to be here. I feel I was 
meant to be on this planet to go through this to help not only myself and my child, but for my clients. And I know for you too, and doing the energy work and that type of stuff, it's it's so powerful and how it helps. It can really, really make a change. And for me, living more of that holistic lifestyle and just being more natural and being just, as you said, being very consciously aware about what you're putting in your body. And it's not just about what you're eating. It's about your mental, physical, and spiritual state as a cohesive unit is about getting yourself really in alignment to create this beautiful, healthy little child and a beautiful, healthy life for yourself. Even if you're listening and you're not a parent, but just really connecting in and taking care of yourself on that next level and becoming more mindful, you're going to step into the best version of yourself. Yes, you're going to have ebbs and flows. Yes, it's going to be hard. It's not easy, but slow and steady wins the race. And it's a beautiful, it's a journey. It's a beautiful, unique journey that's unique to each and every one of us. And sometimes we were saying before, it's okay to reach out for help and say, hey, I need help with this, whether you're a parent or you're not. Just getting help, whether it's working with an energy healer, working with a practitioner or whatever it is, just know that you are not alone and you can be fully, fully supported. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the most important thing is finding those that you can trust. Who can you confide in? Is it your mother? Is it your best friend? Is it the healer? Is it the practitioner or the therapist, whoever? Um, and really learning the ones who, who actually are not fully supportive because what I had to find was that when I had my child, um, the ones who I really wanted to be, you know, the most supportive weren't. And that was really heartbreaking for me. Um, but when I kept going to them for the support and I wasn't getting what I needed, it just made it worse. And so mm -hmm. it was like really finding those who like felt in alignment, right? We talk about that word alignment, like who is in alignment because as a parent and just as a human, whether you're a parent or not, it's like, who, who has similar views as you, right? Who can see the world through a similar lens? Cause we're all looking through different lenses. And so I think that's the most important thing in your healing journey is to feel heard. Most people in this world do not feel heard and they don't that because of that, they don't feel safe. And so when you start to feel heard, you start to feel understood. And that gives you a safe space to speak your truth and mm -hmm. to really see yourself, you know, to see yourself that, Hey, I'm not crazy. I'm not this. I'm not all these things that society told me I was mm -hmm. right. That I got projected onto me and you pull that out of shadow and you start to heal yourself and then you feel safe, you know, and then you start to feel safe in your body, safe to heal because, you know, as you and I both know, right. When you're working on your physical health, right. And, you know, I'm sure you've got all these people who come to you and they're like, Mel, I need to heal this, this, and this. Right. But a lot of your work is also looking at, well, what's happening on the mental side, what's happening on that mm -hmm. spiritual side. Right. Because it's all connected. And a yeah. lot of it, I mean, honestly, it all goes back to self-love. It all goes back to that safety and security in yourself and who you are and being safe to be yourself and to speak your truth, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, we really think about everything we've said as a whole is you think back to how we want to raise our kids and then we want them to feel safe. We want them to feel secure because those are the parts mm -hmm. of us that we didn't feel like we had. And now as we're raising these humans to be more safe and secure, they can be put into the world to create this to make this world a better place. And as we've gone through our journeys to really tap into that and realize who we are and to feel safer every day. And it's a constant, 
you know, it's, it's always a work in progress. It's not easy, but it's so beautiful as I'm learning more and more and stepping into my power and feeling more aligned and just feeling good in general, instead of feeling like they need prior to this and the way I used to live my life, I would felt like a victim. I was always sad. I was always miserable and depressed and anxious and always why me and to completely flip that and live in a different place. Now it's, it's so powerful. And I just feel so honored that I am here and also honored to help people create and live that life as well. Cause it's as far as it seems like it is, it's not with the right guidance and compassion and the people that you trust and you feel good with it all kind of just comes to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I just, I agree so much. And, you know, back to what you said that you feel like you went through that trauma, you know, as a kid to, to shape you, right. And mold you into who you are now, because you can, you can change, you can break that cycle for your son, but not only that, you can help support others, right. On that deep level. Cause you know what it's like. And I mean, shamanism, we call that the initiation, you know, like it's really, um, the shamanic initiation. It's those dark nights of the soul that, that shape us. And it's what we do with that. Okay. So do we just play the victim or do we go and do we heal it? You know, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of self-love, you know, and commitment to yourself to heal it. But when you do, you make it into medicine and that medicine is what then you go and you, you light the world on fire with it. You heal it, you know, like you can illuminate others to light the way for them. And that's, I think what makes both of us really good at what we do is that we can sit in non-judgment. We can sit and be like, yeah, I've been through something like that too. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like we've done all the things right. And been through mm-hmm. all the things <laughs> like, you know, like we are not sitting here, we are not perfect people, you know, and we're still growing and still evolving. And I think, I think when you can get really real and you take the clinical side out of it and you just can be with somebody as a human, right. You can mm-hmm. sit with them as a human and see them and say, okay, how are we going to take what you have been through? And we're going to turn that into medicine. You know, we're going to heal that within you so you can heal it within others. And that doesn't mean people have to be a practitioner or anything, but that's just, they take that medicine and they pass that on to their friend, to their family member, to that next mama they meet at the park, you know, like it's, it's really just about us uniting together as one. That that's so beautiful and so true. And just really working on ourselves when we do that. It, we help the other people around us as well. So it's all, it's, it's all united and it's all together. I mean, we are all one essentially at the end of the day. And it's yeah. just one big thing I always like to remind myself is just that we are together. I am you and you are me and we are everything. And it's just so beautiful sometimes to take that weight off our shoulders to remember, you know, we're not alone and we're a part of the bigger picture. And it just, it's, it can be comforting sometimes when things are hard. So when, for you and with everything that you do, how can people find you on the internet to be able to hear? So just quickly, what are a little bit of your different services and stuff? Can people work with you online if they're listening from other places? How does that kind of look? Yeah, absolutely. So I do sessions in person and um, remotely via phone, Um, usually by phone, people prefer or Zoom. Um, I have clients all over the world. Um, I have about 60% of my clientele is actually remote. So energy is like Wi-Fi. Um, that's the easiest <laughs> way I always explain it. Um, we're all made of energy. Energy is everywhere. So, you know, it's, um, easy to tap into, especially, you know, I've been trained in this and doing this a long time. So, um, you can find me on my website at www.lovehealx.com 
lovehealexpand.com. Um, I have Instagram at lovehealexpand or my Facebook um, is also either me personally, Rachel Caprice Krylov or Love Heal Expand. And yeah, I work with, um, I work with people on all kinds of things, you know, it, there's really nothing that you can't come to me for. Um, so, uh, and it could be from somebody, you know, having, they know they have major trauma, right. And that they're struggling to maybe they're having health issues and they're not really aware of what actually is in their field, their energy field that's causing those health issues, because it all starts in your energy field. And then it, mm -hmm. it goes into the mental and then to the physical. So by the time you're sick, it's actually been in your energy field for a while. So that's my job is I can track, I can go in and see the roots. I find those roots and I help you break down those limiting beliefs. I help you cleanse your energy field. It's like, you know, just like you brush your teeth every day, you take a shower, right? We need spiritual hygiene. We are these spiritual Absolutely. sponges, yep. our chakras, our aura, everything's taking, you know, this energy in and, and we have traumas that gets imprinted in our field. And so that's my job is to go and cleanse that, you know, just clean it up. Um, and help people really um, feel better mentally, physically, and spiritually, um, you know, and then for those who are um, wanting to get pregnant, um, and I mean, it can even go into adoption, um, you know, IUI, IVF, all the things, right? So it could, any way that you want to bring a child into this world, um, that's where we do the conscious um, conception, and we really start to do the work to go inward to heal what needs to be healed with you and with your partner, um, to release, you know, um, the, that weight and that baggage mm -hmm. and really just start to get conscious about what pregnancy or what parenthood is going to look like and then support throughout the way. You know, it's like, once you get pregnant, people think, okay, well, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. And now it's all over. They're like, good, I'm good. <laughs> but, but girl, you're not good. You know, like, only just begun. <laughs> it's only just begun. Um, you know, and so it's, I love working with pregnant mamas because then we can, you know, when I was pregnant, I did a session every single month. Um, and it was so powerful to me and it still wasn't enough. Now looking back, I'm like, man, I was a mess. Like I, I needed more. What I really needed was a support group. So that's actually something for 2021. Um, I'm going to start doing some virtual groups on zoom. I want to start supporting more, um, doing some more, uh, pregnancy groups, postpartum groups. That's been coming up a lot lately with clients and people that I talk to. Um, and then just regular groups too. You know, I host a lot of ceremonies, um, a lot of workshops, you know, I teach. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of restructuring my website right now to add on a bunch of events and other services as well for next year. Cause, um, I've honestly been in hiding for quite some time. I always say I'm like this little hidden gem. Um, and, and <laughs> honestly, um, I think postpartum was a big part of that. It, it really knocked me out those first couple years. And, um, I've just been rebuilding myself and my practice and all those things. And, now it's time for me to really expand, you know, um, now I'm ready to really just expand more and more and share more what I have learned. I like to always put myself through, um, initiations. I'm like the best, you know, I like to go through my own little internships. Everything I've been through is becomes that medicine. Like I talk about and man, I guess I really called it in big <laughs> for having a baby. I didn't realize how, how hard it would be, but through that, I have had so much knowledge and support that I want to pass that on. 
you know, I want to, I want to really help, um, support others. So they don't have to go through it the way that you and I did, you know? Oh, I love that. That's so, so amazing. And you guys, I kid you not. She is the most powerful healer I've ever worked with. Rachel's amazing. And we actually started doing the conscious conception work as we're getting ready to have baby number two down the road. So I've been really working to clear out a lot of my trauma. Whenever I think it's gone, it's just still more there, but it's just been cool is I just want to let you guys know that Rachel is truly incredible, powerful, amazing, empowering woman. And don't hesitate to reach out to her. She's great. And I will put everything in the show notes too, just so you guys can see where you can find her and all of that. So I just, I can't thank you enough for being on here and connecting and talking. It's just been so amazing. And I hope everybody got a lot out of it because I know I did. Oh, thank you, Mel. I love you so much. And I can just say the same about you. Um, I just, when we connected, it's like we both really needed each other for each other's services. And then we became really good friends. And I'm just so grateful for you. You are one of the most amazing women I have ever met. And I'm so glad that you are doing this show just to empower everybody else. You know, that's what I love about you is you're all about empowerment. Um, And so I'm just honored to be here. And thank you to everybody listening. Oh, thank you. I'm going to tear up. All right, guys. Thanks (laughs) for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you love what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone you feel may benefit. For more inspiration, join the conversation with me on Instagram at planahead.co. There you will find a link in my bio to my free mindful and meal prep guide that'll kickstart your wellness journey today. Until next time, remember, Even through your hardest days, we are all made of stardust.